I, I knew that my heart was here. I didn't want to go, but like, I guess my body wanted to go do stuff. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 68. We're Emma and Finn. Drip, drip, here comes an eargasm. (laughs) What? It's outcast. I know. (laughs) What does that have to do with episode 68? We were working out earlier today and we heard that song and I thought... We're about to drop an eargasm. <laughs> oh, I hope boy. we don't get sued. Uh, no. Why would we get sued? I guess we're... Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> Today we have a really cool interview with Sarah and Pete. They are bloggers over at the Swinging Cajuns. Yeah, they're the masterminds behind that blog. It's it's awesome blog and we mm-hmm. definitely say check it out they'll tell you a little more about it actually they probably won't because they didn't really touch on it but <laughs> basically you're going to hear their story and their blog goes into some details that that aren't covered here but they also go into some details here that aren't covered there so it's it's actually a pretty amazing interview yeah and you can also find links to their twitter handles and the um, blog on our show notes page if you want to check them out please do we do have a quick update too on this show specifically we added an addendum at the end of the show yeah so basically throughout when we were talking to them and sometimes this happens when we're talking to people stuff gets said that we don't like to interrupt people and get super strict clarification on everything but as i was editing it there was a couple things that came up that i could see would not necessarily be triggering for people but came off like Maybe Pete was kind of a controlling dick, and he's, <laughs> he's definitely not. No. And so we called him back a few nights ago, really late, sorry guys, and we just had a quick five-minute chat about it. So please don't jump to conclusions. Pete's a really nice guy. and Listen to the addendum, too. Li- just listen to the addendum. And the other quick note that we had was towards the end, there's a little bit of a, a dog barking noise. It's pretty quiet. Sounds like a cute dog. Really, I don't know why I bothered to tell you. <laughs> it's on okay. it's on their end. Blame them, not us. Yes. Well, okay. It could have been. I guess it wasn't on our end. We know yeah. that for sure. Yeah, we do. Anyway, <laughs> usually they're on our end. <laughs> usually it's chickens and shit. But, yeah. All right. But real quick, a uh, shout out to Ziggy for... Ziggy. That's you what did I said. This, No, you said Ziggy again. Ziggy. 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 Music for the intro. That's all I was getting at. I said it right, didn't I? Yep, it was perfect. Uh, we were last week at, uh-huh. in Atlanta at Atlanta Poly Weekend. We just wanted to say, you know, thank you to everyone who stopped by the booth. Anybody new listeners that we picked up there, we're happy to have you, and we're excited uh, for all the people that we talked to that want to come on the show. So we're really excited to get that going, and and all of the amazing people we met that supported us while we were there. And we got to know. Yeah. 
Well, that was an amazing trip. And we actually have another really fun trip coming up. We'll be in Portland, Oregon, uh, from June 24th to July 1st. Sorry, Portland, Maine. I know you got excited. I know. <laughs> well, someday we'll be to Portland, Maine, too. But uh, we're going to a conference, and it's called the World Domination Summit. If you happen to be out in Portland and want to uh, reach out, please do. We'd love to um, hear from people out there if you have any recommendations. Also, if you're going to be part of the conference, definitely let us know that too. If you want to know more about the conference, go to our show notes, um, and there will be a link there. Go check it out. It's going to be super cool. It is not related to non-monogamy, but full of super badass people. Or domination. There's no BDSM that we know of. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's not why we signed up. And so we're going to get into the show here, but first, we do have a big announcement today and so we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about that and then we'll get into the show yep so the announcement is we decided to launch a patreon page so before you roll your eyes unroll them i know you just rolled them we (laughs) we're not we're not creating any special content here there's no special blogs there's no special episodes no our content for this podcast will always be free we really um, believe in that we're sharing people's stories it's all your own stories and we want that all to be free content but what we have had is a lot of people reaching out to us and talking to us saying first how can we support you and second we wish there was more of a community around your show and so What we're going to do is try to build that community, and we're going to use this platform to do that. Not not because we don't think a community should be free, but we kind of want to keep out a lot of the trolls and the the bad the bad apples. Yeah. So it's not like it's exorbitantly expensive, but so where we've gone is there's two levels. There's Team Finn and Team Emma. Yep. (laughs) You describe Team Finn. I'll describe Team Emma. Well, that's not fair. Mine's so short. I, I know. Not, oh, shit. I shouldn't have said that. I said mine's short. <laughs> anyway, too much information. So for <laughs> Team Finn, what you get is uh, we're doing a monthly Q&A, like, video chat conference thing with anybody at the $2 Team Finn level. Yes. So, yeah, that's pretty much what you get there, which is quite a bit. Yeah, in, you get to join opinion. the Q&A, a monthly Q&A. Uh, for Team Emma is a $5 amount level, and that one you get to also be part of the monthly Q&A, but you also get to submit questions uh, as part of that Q&A. We will answer Ahead those, of time. Right, ahead of time. We will make sure to answer all of the questions we received ahead of time from those team members um, before we open it up for other general questions. And then the other thing you'll get is you'll get to join our Discord community. Yeah, so Discord is like a... It's a server, kind of a big chat room kind of thing, but it will be private for only people at this level. Again, just to try and keep out trolls and shitty people from being shitty. So we also have full control over it. So if there's someone who gets in that's shitty, we'll kick their ass out. Anyway, the, again, <laughs> the whole, yeah, we will. The whole the whole premise Don't behind be shitty this. People. <laughs> the whole premise behind this is to build a community around this, let people get in there and interact with each other, talk, uh, share stories, share ideas, ask questions, get feedback. It, it's really just a community sort of crowdsourced information source. Yeah. That's a lot of sources. Yeah, that's okay. So that's what's going to happen in there. We'll be in there. We'll be chatting, answering questions, 
and who knows what else. Yeah, we're super excited about this, if you can't tell. And I just wanted to mention to you, our first monthly Q&A is going to be at the end of July. So we wanted to give people the time to sign up and hear about this before we actually did a Q&A. So that's kind of the timeline we're thinking. The other thing you get, uh, yeah, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, we'll do, be doing like random giveaways of stuff. Um, people, we've had sponsors give us lots of stuff. We have uh, buckets of free condoms and mm-hmm. free lube and all, all sorts of cool stuff. Maybe lingerie. Who knows? Boxer briefs. Whatever. Yeah, we'll I don't see. know. We'll see. We'll see. But so we definitely we, want to do some random free giveaways. Yeah. That's pretty much it on that. So if you want to check that out, uh, the link is in the show notes below. It's also in the show notes on our webpage. And, or you can go to patreon.com slash NNM podcast. Yes. A reminder, you can find us at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. On that website are links to all of the show notes for all of our shows, as well as links to all of our resources that we always promote. And you can find the Patreon link there too. Yep. And, and contact oh, us if you have any questions or feedback. Or want to come on the show. Yes. Go to the contact page on our website and let us know. Yeah. So we're super excited about all that. And don't feel bad if you don't want to or can't afford the $2 or $5 a month. Again, you still get all of the information that we're going to put out. You're never going to get shorted on a show. We just, we're excited to have that. And we still love you anyways. Oh, definitely. Whoa. Easy. <laughs> Start charging four ninety nine a minute. I know. Like I know. All right, let's get out of here and hear what Sarah and Pete have to say about their awesomeness. Yeah, this is a pretty sweet interview. Well, welcome, Pete and Sarah. We have the swinging Cajuns. Yeah, swinging Cajuns with us tonight, and we're excited to talk to you. Well, hold on. What's the swinging Cajun? I was going to let them explain Okay, that. well, what's a swinging Cajun? <laughs> um, well, we're in Louisiana, okay. and um, we're Kunasses or Cajuns, so, and we swing, so it was just an easy jump. Excellent. And it's also, I've heard it's like a blog, maybe? Yes, we have a blog. It's um, swingingcajuns.com. Perfect. So we reached out to you, I think, just got chatting on Twitter a couple months back, and we've finally been able to connect, which is awesome, because you have one of the... The dynamics, the starts to your story that we really love to hear because it's a little untraditional, and I think it's, I don't know, I, I love it, personally. Well, I love to hear that it's working out. That's yeah. what, it's so, not necessarily fun, I'd imagine, but it's a... Not at the beginning. No. <laughs> and now that we've confused everybody... <laughs> Maybe maybe we should maybe we should let you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and and then maybe how you got started. Okay. Well, um, I'm Pete, and I'm Sarah. And this whole thing was completely unexpected and very much out of left field. We've been married for six years now. Um, a couple of years ago, we ran into a bump in the road because we were. Uh, a little comfortable. Complacent. Yeah, very comfortable. Um, I'm very much a romantic and showed that uh, intently in the first few years of our marriage. And so we were blessed with a child and that took up uh, pretty much all of our emotion and um, energy uh, really all got fed into that. And I think a lot of what I was doing that really captured her heart in the beginning kind of subsided a little bit. To Sarah's extent, 
Um, she had a lot go on early in life that kind of took away a bit of her opportunity to run around and explore uh, both her sexuality and just uh, dating in general and experiencing other relationships. And so we got together and uh, after hitting that moment of complacency, I think she had an opportunity out with some friends to see what it felt like to have other people um, giving her some attention and making her feel that desire and that want, that newness kind of thing again. And yeah. it actually kind of well, scared we, her a little bit. Some girlfriends and I went to, um, like we have daiquiri shops here at their drive-through. Um, mm-hmm. You can get your daiquiri as you head out back onto the road. Um, <laughs> and a lot of them are like, they have like live bands and stuff like that. So we all went to this daiquiri shop and literally the entire place, because it's all people that go there all the time. So it's new faces, it's girls. We don't have any guys with us. And I mean, it was like, we were loaded when we left and buy a drink. I mean, they were all, so it was just like kind of an awakening, you know, with work, you don't see that. I'm, I'm basically working kids, working kids, working kids. So that kind of thing doesn't really happen. And I came home and I'm just like, I can't tell him about it because he would obviously freak out. I mean, what wife comes home and says, Hey baby, I got hit on tonight by, you know, all these people. So I guess I kind of tucked it away. And then, um, I was standing in a coffee, coffee shop one day and, um, somebody made a comment to me that was just like, very unexpected and turned around and there's this really good looking guy there and he ended up giving me his business card and I'm, um, I left like that was it. And there was no, um, like I didn't really think about it for a few weeks. And then it was just like, I mean, it come home from work and I was working a lot then and it's kids and then go to bed. And I mean, he used to leave notes on my car at work write me songs. I mean, like the whole sappy romantic thing that everybody does. He was, he was all that flowers on Tuesday for no reason, like just all this stuff. And like, I haven't seen a flower bud hit this house in, I don't know, eight months, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what your writing looks like. Cause you haven't right. written me a note, you know, no notes. and I'm a little high maintenance. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I text him and, um, it ended up being, you know, he texts back and then we're texting all the time. And then it's being, being the text. other, the other guy, the other guy. In our, his, his name is John. Okay. So, um, John and I are texting a lot and then that leads to phone calls and then that leads to lunches. And so we start having these lunches together. I mean, we did some things, we didn't go all the way with it, but there was physical stuff that went on. And I understand that during this time, while they're, texting and chatting, I, I get this sense that something's just not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she tells me that she has this friend that she's talking to, but it's no big deal. I trust and believe and we move on and we kind of started trying, figure, realizing that there was something wrong, that the ship wasn't smooth sailing as we thought it was. And we needed to kind of fix it and pay attention to some things. But by this point, I think, and for her, the ship was already kind of sailing out a bit, and she was already enjoying um, the attention and uh, the feedback that she was receiving. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of already in motion and heading that way. But yeah. you didn't know that at the time. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I was. I was curious. Back when you went to the drive-through daiquiri shop, which is a 
an interesting concept on itself. But you, I mean, was that invigorating when you you had other guys sort of hitting on you? And I guess did that sort of spark something that I that... think it did. So like, um, you know, uh, when when you get married very very young, I mean, my ex husband and I were married, I think, fifteen years, and. Um, I jumped out of that relationship and, and we had already been friends. We kind of, you know, knew each other and then we started talking and then one thing led to another. Yes. Me and Pete and I. So after, um, after my ex-husband and I, uh, divorced, he and I started chatting and it didn't take very long before, like I knew he was the one. And so there was no, like all this, you know, from one husband to the next, there was no dating at all. So here I am, I'm in my late thirties. I've kind of hit my stride and I've never sown your Royal seed or dated or flirted or any of this stuff. So I go out and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like so much fun. And so I think it was just like kind of an awakening. Like what have I missed out on? What did I not get to do? Did I settle too quick? But in that same sense, I had no intention of leaving him. Like he literally is the best thing in the world. And, um, I'm kind of a hard person and he like, he's just amazing. So I, I I knew that my heart was here. I didn't want to go, but like, I guess my body wanted to go do stuff. Had the, had the sex between you two sort of waned as well over the, you know, when you had kids and sort of settled down and the flowers stopped, did everything else sort of go along with it? So, uh, it's kind of an intro, like everything with us, it's an interesting background, but when we got together, sex for her was more just, uh, (laughs) like, uh, you know, getting it done. Um, but not really enjoying it to its fullest. Well, like, okay. So, um, I don't think that I actually ever had an orgasm with my first husband or ever until, you know, I got together and, you know, we're texting and he's, you know, I mean, before we got married and all this, before we started really dating, he's like, I'm going to make you get off everywhere. And I'm like, okay. Like, (laughs) I don't get off at all. So that's funny. And we, you know, then we get together and it's like, oh my God, I actually did this. And then it was like, where I would every time. And then when this happened, like, so we, he was trying to say is, when he was kind of realizing the ship was sailing, um, we started doing date nights. So like once a week we would try to go have a date night with just us and not our kids. And so we were kind of trying to reinvigorate the marriage already before I unloaded on him what I was doing at about that time. I'm like, okay, I can't betray him anymore. I have to stop. So I told John, I'm like, this is fun and all, but I'm, I'm out. And it was never an emotional thing. Like it was one, it was just like swinging. It's 100% physical. Like he didn't want a, a girlfriend or a wife. I didn't want somebody, you know, chasing me down. I love you. I love you all that. I, Cause I was where I wanted to be. And so it was a really good fit, which sounds terrible, but Um, so cut that off. He and I start having these really nice dates and kind of getting to know each other again. And then 
we just didn't really have the, it was the communication. Like I couldn't tell him that I went out and, and had all this fun. I couldn't tell him that some guy hit on me in the coffee shop. Like I just felt like I had to protect him. This is a lesson I'm trying to teach my kids right now is it's much better to be honest than try to protect somebody. Like you can still have tact and all of that, but you need to be open and you need to express how you feel and not be afraid of hurting somebody else's feelings because you're just tucking stuff away for later. Mm-hmm. So we started having what we call tough time where basically we both climb in the tub and, you know, our kids don't bother us cause they know we're in there. It's a big tub. Um, <laughs> and, um, and we, you know, candles, bath bombs, whatever we sit in there probably almost an hour every night. And it's like our, this is our safe zone. So you can say what you want. I can say what I want. When we get out, it's done. We're not going to carry it on, but this is where we can kind of open and speak freely. And there's something about, Um, being naked with somebody where you're like a little more vulnerable and a little more open. So we started doing that and that kind of led to, I think a little bit more intimacy, which led to insane sex where I'm like, you know, 48 orgasms in it's, we we probably got to stop now. So, um, (laughs) to answer your question, sex was normal for us when all this started, you know, a few times a week, very normal. Um, but as we've learned, it was rather vanilla sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we started going through all of this and having these discussions and talking about things, it really opened up discussion about toys and uh, light bondage and flogging and stuff like that that we had never yeah. had the <laughs> <laughs> we had never had the um, uh, security, I guess, to be able to bring it up and talk sure. about it with. Thinking, you know, if I bring this up, she's going to think I'm crazy. You know, I want to tire to the bed and flog her with this thing. And, man, she's going to think I'm nuts just talking about this. So, yeah. And all yeah. of this discovery was still before Sarah had told you anything about John, right? A, a lot of that was. Like, we were discovering all that through this whole process. Like, a lot of people, I think, when they go through an affair issue, one uh, the the offending member of the marriage tends to pull away. Mm-hmm. The the physical uh, attention tends to wane. It drops off. Uh, the attention drops off. There's something that shows that they're just not as into you any anymore. They're into this other person, and that wasn't the case with us. Um, her attention to me never died or went away. Um, sex between us never got to be less emotional or. Um, it wasn't, wasn't enjoyable anymore. It was the exact opposite. Like the, the more this happened, I think the more she was willing to say a little bit and I was willing to say a little more and it kind of grew from there. And then we had the, the talk, the night of the reveal, um, (laughs) during tub time. No, um, it was after tub time, we had laid down. To go to well, bed. Well, I had taken something to help me sleep. Yeah. Which and, it wasn't uh, working, but it is quite the truth serum. <laughs> so we're sitting there in bed, and I'm like, oh, by the way, I need to tell you something. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so the friend that I have, like, um, well, he's not really just a friend. Like, we've, we've kind of seen each other a few times. We have did a bunch of stuff. We never had sex. And it's over now. So, um, all right. Love you. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, now that sleeping pills kicking uh, in. <laughs> I, um, I, part of what I've always done is to research things very well. 
so when you tell me something that huge, uh, I can't drop it. No, you and can't just roll over and go to sleep, right? No, no, right. no. I, well, I, you know. I need to know everything, and I need to know it all right now. So we literally spent probably the next three hours unpacking the whole thing yeah. and talking about it in every possible detail you can imagine. Like, because I want, I, if you're going to do something to me, just do it all. Don't, don't go partway with it. Let's, let's just rip the whole thing open. Let's get it all out right now. And then that way we can move on from it. Yeah. It was a long night. Well, at that point, Pete, was there like when that came out, did you ever go to the place of, well, now we're, we're over or was that, no. even- no, that was never for me. It was never a thought. Um, it it really did never enter my mind. Um, I had a, a little bit different background than Sarah did. He was a swinger without knowing he was a swinger. Yeah, I should have been in this community a long time ago um, <laughs> because I had all my fun. I went and ran around. I, I was literally in the lifestyle without knowing that, that I was or should have been. Um, <laughs> most of my partners didn't know that. Um, but it was, that's the way I was then. And when I met Sarah for whatever reason, um, part of me literally just shut down. Like I did not have a desire for other women. I did not see other people oh as God, desirable so or... Like- Want, like, you know, normal guy see a hot girl crossing no. the street, you know, and be like, damn, you know, I was It could be a, like a naked Playboy model right here. And I'm like, baby, she's hot. He's like, there's another woman in the room. I can't see anyone because of your your beauty. And your, I'm like, wait a minute. That's a little. You got to see your <laughs> yeah. So, well, and, you know, it does something to when you're like, Hey, do I look okay? And he's like, yeah, you look great. Okay. Well, you don't see anybody else. So how that's not even a, like, there's no validity to you telling me that I look nice when you don't see anybody else. So I think that was part of it too. Like, I want you to, she didn't believe me. Yeah. No, I think that's really common though. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. I think that's very common. I think a lot of relationships, um, you know, we as men always get, at least I was brought up that you just cherish women. You compliment them. You always tell them how gorgeous and beautiful they are. And so I would always say these things to her. But like she said, I'm only looking at her. So in her mind, there's not a lot of validity to it. Not quite the case today. Uh, <laughs> she believes me a little more today uh, because we have a, a few more a few more people that, uh, <laughs> that, that back up what I tell her. But... Um, so, anyway, so, on. I guess jumping back to that point where you told him about the affair, how did you move forward after that long night of talking? How were, what were the next steps, I guess, that you didn't, you weren't going to break up, but you obviously need to, to work through it. Right. And both of us moved in a different direction at a different speed. So we have, we have kids, we have a, a blended family, you know, you can't go out and we were both previously married before. Both were married one time. So having the kids think about a divorce again is something that we didn't want to do. So it was very much, you know, crying and all that behind the closed door and then shutting the door and then going out and for the family and being, you know, okay, everything is great, you know. So we 
our tub times got much longer. Um, I mean, we've sat in there two and three hours having to add hot water and, you know, and a lot of it was just like, I was in a place where I didn't care what you needed. I was going to do it because I had done this terrible thing and I had work to do. And, um, he was very much, okay, I just need to understand what happened and, and figure out what we're going to do to not have that happen again. And, you know, it's very easy to blame the person who does the cheating. And I've been in both situations. I have been the victim of the affair and, um, I have been the cheater. And I will tell you that it is much more difficult to be the cheater because like, you know, that you've hurt this person that you love more than anything and you want to go back and undo it, but you can't. So now you just got to fix it. Whereas when you're the victim of the affair, it just hurts. Like you didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's, I mean, it is the worst pain ever because it's the betrayal, but knowing that you inflicted that on somebody that you care more about than anybody else in the world is, is brutal. So like, I knew that I had to get to a place where it was basically whatever you need, I will do. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to leave whatever. If you never want me, if you want my phone, here's my phone. So like, yes, my password, I installed an app on my phone so he could see where I was all the time. Um, like the, the, there's no need for me at all to have anything that he was not involved in. So I've made sure that he always knew where I was, who I was with, where, I, you know, you want to see my phone here, you can have it. I haven't deleted anything, you know? So, um, it was just a, a long period of, I guess, kind of digging in and starting over. Rebuilding. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it was on your side, Pete was, what did you, I mean, these are the things she was offering or trying to give. What did, what did you want or what did you need to, to move on and, and help? Um, I that? wanted to, I, well, I had a need to know, like I said before, everything that happened, because if you have any type of imagination, when you hear this story, you start picturing it, mm-hmm. you start seeing it. And the less detail you have, the more detail you fill in. So without knowing what was said, what'd you do? Where'd he touch you? How'd you touch him? How'd it feel? How'd he, what'd he say about you? Like, did you enjoy it? Did you get off? Did like, without knowing all these things, you start creating this huge lie in your own head. And so for me, I just wanted answers. That was it. I wanted answers and I just wanted you to, I wanted her to be open and honest about everything. And she really did everything perfectly. I mean, she couldn't have been more accommodating and open and, um, you know, I need to know where you are. And, Oh, I just pulled up the app and saw that you left five minutes ago. Why were you there this amount of time? Well, instead of giving me an attitude about asking, she would just answer. And she is not, as much as I love her, she is not the most patient woman. Well, in the and that's world. what I was going to say. Like it, it wasn't all perfect because I mean, you know, at one point he's upset and I'm like, like at some point I'm going to need you to get over this. But right now I'm so sorry. Like I love you and I'm sorry, you know, and then I would cry because I'm upset that I'm upset with him. So like, it wasn't all wine and roses. It was a lot of like, Oh my God. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm at fault here. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. Like, you know, so I mean, just cause I'm like, when I'm done with something, I'm done. 
So I was done, and now well, and that's I'm what, here. So let's move on. That's and, what I meant when I said we went in two different directions mm-hmm. because she, uh, from the end of the affair to the time she told me, was about four weeks. And in that time frame, she was able to resolve the entire thing in her mind to know where she was and what she wanted to do moving forward. Whereas when she told me I was on day one, right? she was on day 31. Yeah. Right. So I started way behind her and she had gotten to a point where I think a lot of people have trouble, uh, both people outside of the swinging community or lifestyle community, whichever word you want to throw on it. If you're on the outside looking in, you're wondering how can you have a physical relationship with someone and not have an emotional involvement or not have some type of feelings toward this other person? Because a lot of us associate love and sex together. And and I did. Um, So when we went through this, I had to unpack that and undo, you know, 40 some odd years of social learning Mm-hmm. And, and you know, realize that it Catholic school. Yeah. And, and realize that it could be, it could be different that mm-hmm. a relationship marriage can have a different look and that sex with somebody didn't necessarily mean that you were emotionally involved or that you loved that person or that that person was a better option than you. It was right. just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't a very quick reveal. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah, well, was, and this is where the podcast came in. Yeah. I mean, that's where I started listening to. Well, I guess um, it was the the fantasy reveal first. Wasn't that? Well, I start when we first started, um, when she was talking to John, I started listening to sex with Emily. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever listened to that. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. A, yeah. a sex therapist and just talks about all different kinds of aspects of sex. And this was before was, you even knew anything was going on. This was before yeah. I even knew anything. So that was kind of like, Hey, let's learn some stuff and see if there's something different we can do. And, uh, we realized that somebody has a hidden talent. Um, and, uh, we re- we learned how to get her to squirt. Do we have to say that pretty much whenever, <laughs> Well, we just did, so. It's not, it's not, it's not hidden anymore. In all and ways. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was kind of a, a brand new thing that we learned together. Well, that, at that was point. after the revelation, too. So, yeah. It was after. That it happened, right? Not long, though. No. Like, so after I told him, probably within, I don't know, two weeks, our sex life got nuts. Like, I mean... I've never had sex with anybody where I felt like my soul was jumping out of my body, meeting there somewhere halfway and entwining. And I, I point out in my blog, I think that we were unable to be intimate with each other emotionally or mentally because we were going through this terrible thing. But what we felt for each other was still there. And so sexually, that's where we were intimate and made connections. And I think that that was actually a good thing because had we not been so disconnected mentally and emotionally, we would not have had this ability to connect sexually the way that we did. I mean, like we've, we, we, we were pretty vanilla, like, you know, sex on the sofa was a big deal. And I mean, the first time this happened, it was I'd gotten out of the shower and we were on the back, we were on the hard floor in the bathroom. So like, 
you know, that's when it really got nuts with our sex life. And I think that's one of the reasons why we were able to pull through this as quickly as we did is because we were still able to be intimate in the most intimate of ways. So, um, and then, you know, that kind of led to more talking about sex in the tub. And then one night he was like, well, let's talk about fantasies. Like, do you have any sexual fantasies? And I'm like, um, Yes, I do, but I don't really want to tell you. On this one, and we're not going to talk about it. (laughs) Next topic. Well, now he's like, "My God, what is it?" And I'm like, "Okay, um, I would really like to have two guys, like, because I kind of liked all the attention, and um, so having two guys give me attention would be amazing." Right. Well, that's that was a question I was going to ask. Is so after you revealed this, or even after you cut it off, were you thinking on your end, Sarah? Like, you know maybe there's a way to do this. That's on the, on so the I had up and never up. heard of the lifestyle or swinging or any of that. And I had no clue that that was a possibility or potential. I mean, you know, I was raised in a very repressive Christian home and, um, we weren't even allowed to listen to secular music growing up. We only could listen to church music and it was almost, um, like a cult like, So, no, I had no idea that any of this existed. He actually started, um, when I said that, that's when he started looking for threesome stuff and then fell upon the lifestyle. I don't know, maybe Caleb came in at some point. I I, I don't remember. Um, But you knew you enjoyed the attention and you knew that that invigorated something and you you just didn't know that there was an outlet for it that was... Correct. And we have a friend that was in the lifestyle. We were not aware of it. And they like talked and he, he told them kind of about it. And so then he started listening to podcasts. And the first one that he listened to was life on the swing set, which was his book where they, you know, he and his wife are having trouble and he's like, well, there's always swinging. And then, so like, that's the, that was the first thing that we listened to. And then I listened to it, which I'm not a big podcast person. Like I, I like music and, um, it was the audio book. Yeah, it was the book. Like, he'll tell me, these. listen to this show, it's cool, listen to this show, but mostly he's the podcast junkie. I'm the reader, she's the peruser. Right. <laughs> well, so I get in the details, she hits the highlights. Yeah. yeah. That's um, all right. Well, so I'm, so, I'm, I'm curious, and not to cut you off, Sarah, I'm sorry. I no, just, go ahead. When you, when you reveal to Pete that you're interested in multiple guys, I guess on your end, Pete, how, how do you process that? Because you're just coming off of, wait, 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 we, we just went through this in right. a bad way. How, why are we back here again? Right. No, it was, um, it took a moment, you know, she said it and then it, it kind of has to bounce around in there a little bit. And, um, I had to kind of process, you know, what's, what's the request? Like, what are we really getting to here? Well, it's not, another guy it's attention it's i just want to see what it feels like to have this much attention all on me i don't want another guy to replace you Mm -hmm. or to be better than you i just want two more hands and another penis Mm -hmm. and let's see what that feels like yeah again a lot of research a lot of podcast listening reading different things and um getting to a point where I'm kind of an all or nothing, uh, learned by immersion. Yeah. So I had kind of gotten to a place where I finally decided, well, we'll, we'll do this. And I didn't tell her, but I 
in my own mind said, we're going to do everything. Like we're going to, this guy's going to have sex with her. She's going to blow him. We're, I'm, I'm going to see all of it. Right. And well, I, I can either handle it or I can't. Yeah. No, I think, <laughs> Jump in, right? yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, it's an awesome strategy. And I think one that we were talking before with the call and one of our favorite parts about this whole story is sort of the twist right here of, how you how you made it happen because I think it would blow most people's minds the well, the route you took. Yeah. So first off, throughout like you cut it off with this other guy, and then throughout those I guess months of telling Pete and working through that, was were you talking to him at all, or had oh. you cut off communication completely? No, I was not talking to him. So then, yeah, I was I was way deep into our phone bill, right? Uh, like every day, so it, that wasn't happening. <laughs> I figured, but I was curious if he had tried to reach out or anything. And No, and like I said, it was not emotional. So when I said, we're done, all right, deuces. Like, that was it. Yeah. He's done, I'm done, we're done. Yeah. So then, as Finn alluded to, where did, how did you set this up to the, the threesome, I guess, to begin with? So um, John um, and I hooked up. Uh, over the phone, I obviously had his number because I had dug into our phone bill and stuff quite a bit. So I he had, had his, his phone address, number. social, and blood type. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I knew all the real estate he owned. You know. Um, anyway, um, so I reached out to him and said I wanted. This is after the MFM request was yeah. revealed in the tub. So I reached out to him. Because in my mind, she already had a connection with him, and I knew he was a guy that she would be okay with doing that. So it wasn't like I had to do some intensive search to find a guy to interview somebody. Like, I already knew she liked this guy. Um, well, and on, I, had, and on top of that, you knew that when she cut it off, he didn't continue to try and press it, right? So it was right. sort of a safe entity. Correct. He didn't pursue her. And with all the details of everything that went on with them, it was obvious that he was uh, very respectful and appreciative of her and her position where she was in life. And he wasn't somebody that was going to be a very pressuring individual. So I reached out to him and told him, you know, that I wanted to get together. And he understood that it did not mean that I wanted to kill him. Uh, <laughs> that I just wanted to talk. Uh, so we, we did get together and the initial part of the conversation was obviously, um, clearing the air, uh, about everything that had gone on. And he was, um, very apologetic and very forthcoming with any information and answering any questions that I had. And we didn't talk a whole lot about it, uh, at that meeting, but I did tell him I wanted to get back with him to discuss something else. And so we had a follow-up conversation and I, I hit him with this idea um, to fulfill her fantasy that was originally supposed to be a birthday gift, um, but we couldn't work out the exact date. So it was a belated birthday gift, but I think it was a much appreciated gift. Oh, it was, it was, now it's the second best because this, this last birthday was definitely the best. Yeah. So, um, but we did, we talked about the whole thing and if anybody, I think every woman should experience that, um, because I think it's just an amazing thing for a woman to respectfully and sexually be, um, Queen of just, the day. 
To just be literally. I'll be like, oh my God, she's the biggest high maintenance diva ever. And if you know me, that's so far from the truth. (laughs) Um, But just to be worshipped, literally, um, you know, by two guys. And uh, the thing that we set as the foundation was that I was in charge no matter what. Um, He was only allowed to do uh, whatever I was willing to grant him the freedom to do. Um, so when we first started, he understood that um, touching and kissing was fine, but that was the full limitation initially because he knew that this was our first foray into this and didn't want to make the situation uh, uncomfortable or bad in any way. And he does have some history in the lifestyle, so he was, yeah, so he he, was not um, a newbie or anything like that. Um, he had been in the situation before, not exactly, but in a threesome and mm-hmm. that kind of So he was well aware of what to do and how to do it. And, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, we blindfolded her and, um, got into a whole, uh, tag team effect where we were communicating about who's doing what and, um, just kind of slowly rolled through the whole thing. But, uh, he was, he was uh, probably the perfect person to go through that, as odd as that would sound. I don't think there's many people in the world that, that would say that the guy who had an affair with my wife was also the first person we had a threesome with. Well, and this is the thing is, um, you know, it ended up being a full swap situation. And um, I say full swap. I mean, it was just the three of us, so I fucked <laughs> right. him. But um, <laughs> moving along, you know, before this, it was a lot of we would be sitting somewhere and I see this look in his eye and I'm like, why, why are you there? Like, I see you're in a bad place. What can I do to fix it? Like, let's talk about it. Like I would literally watch him go from happy and okay to just he's seeing me having an affair mm-hmm. and we go do this thing. And a couple of days later, he's like, I haven't had a bad thought since that night, like seeing it live eliminated his imagination's ability to run away with him. So as crazy as it sounds, that was probably the most therapeutic thing for him was to be there and to witness it. And, um, like it's never been a hitch since like he's, he's great. I'm great. We're great. Um, so like I said, when you have, when you don't have information, you fill in your own thing, right? You create. So in my mind, Man, this guy was just amazing. He was everything. You know, he was all this stuff that I'm not and I couldn't be. And it was something that she wanted enough that she went out and enjoyed time with him. And um, I added in all this emotional flavor to the story that was never there. Right. Yeah. But but it's it's what I added in on my own. So when we had this it was seeing everything live right in front of you and it was all very physical and there was no emotion at all. And so it, it literally erased all of that negative thought and established a a real, a real thought or a realistic viewpoint and just demolished all that negative thought that was there before. I was just saying, I can really relate to that feeling. Like the thought of you, something might not be as bad when you see it in person as you make it in your mind, I guess. So uh, it's, I can see it's totally therapeutic to see it happen and, and to pot, like 
work through all of that um, is very helpful. And the other point I wanted to make is back a little bit when you said like every woman agree- should have be the queen for the day. And I totally agree with that. And I think any person should have that opportunity, right? Like any person should have the opportunity to be the center of attention in a sexual situation for a little bit and, and try that out because it's amazing. Right. Well, you know, part of the deal was, okay, I get mine too, but the freaking unicorns are really, really hard to find. So like, I have this great idea. I'm like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to get a, like the six, like six people. So three couples or was it three couples? No, it just has to be two couples, just the two couples, two couples and like, Egg timer, 20 it's, minutes. It's like a rotating, rotating threesome. threesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a threesome going on, one person over here, you know, <laughs> right. watching, hanging out, and then you tap out. And then, so, I mean, like, it really, I think it'd just be fun. It'd have to be with, like, the right people who are nerdy as me, but, um. Yeah, like, no, I don't. <laughs> Ben's like, hey, All right, me, let me, me check me. my calendar. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of girls are very intimidated by a threesome with two guys and a lot of guys don't, they're like, you know, we don't want that naked, you know, I mean, cause I don't know. It's just, but it really is, um, a crazy intense thing. Like you said, everybody should definitely be queen or king for the yeah. day. And I yeah. love that rotating idea. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be fun, <laughs> but it's definitely got to be with the right couple. You know, I think there's a lot of things that occurs when you get uh, another person added in to your sexual relationship that you don't really think about beforehand. You know, you, you, you kind of prepare for what you might see, but you don't really know how that's going to impact you. And as guys, um, you can have an impact that can be quite deflating mm-hmm. because you can, whether you're seeing this other guy having sex with your wife and all of a sudden your erection decides to vanquish uh, itself. And you, how do you come back from that? What, what do I do? How do I recover from that? Well, yeah, yeah, this is our first experience. So it was, uh, a lot of learning on my part, a lot of excitement on her part. And and we got home (laughs) and the sex after we got home was even better than the threesome that we had just had. And, um, And then I know I've heard some people talk about it. Some people have asked um, about, um, I don't know if there's the drop. Oh, my God. There's a swinger drop or whatever you want to call it. But it's after you have this euphoric moment. And then a day or two later, you're almost depressed because you're coming down off of all it's this adrenaline. It's almost like a bipolar swing. Like, you have all this euphoric thing, which I've never had since. And I think, like, there was so much emotion into this. I mean, it was it was hard for me to have them both there and be comfortable. The blindfold really helped. Like, that's what did it. Yeah, because prior to the blindfold, she was ready to bolt. I'm like, I'm leaving. I can't She was this. ready to leave. Well, that was a question I had. Like, wh- when you, like, when, when Pete, when you told Sarah, like, okay, we've got a threesome set up, and oh, by the way, it's John, I have to imagine there was a moment of like, uh... What the f- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we, um, when we got to the location and, um, all three of us are kind of chatting, you know, it's kind of the, the, uh, swinger question of the evening is always, how are we going to get this started? Yeah. And short of just grabbing somebody and getting after it, you know, you, you, you got to kind of figure out a way to ease your, your, your way into it. 
And so she stepped outside for a moment to kind of collect her thoughts a little bit. And I looked at him and said, dude, how are we going to do this? Like he said, ah, I got this. He said, when y'all, when she comes back in, I'm going to tell her, I want to see you two kiss. And so we started kissing and we, I discovered this much later when we uh, unpacked it and talked about it. But while we're kissing, I'm thinking, man, she's really into this. She's like, man, this is a great kiss. She's nope. like all about it. Nope. Like, man, this is awesome. Get and little did I know in her mind, she was, uh, you know, had dancing feet and was ready to run. And while we're kissing, John grabbed the blindfold and looked at me and just kind of nodded. And I nodded back. Yes. And he slid it over her eyes and once that happened, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like it was just like I needed that that sense gone, so the other ones could enjoy themselves. And oh, yeah, it was it was heaven. But in, yeah, so we go. We have this great night. It's all emotional. You know, we come home. It's it's like just I think it's emotions on hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. And probably three days later, two days later, I'm on the back patio, curled up, crying in a chair. Like, how can you love me? Like, we just did this terrible thing. And I mean, like, I, I don't know how I'm going to live with myself. And I can't believe I, I, I never want to do this again. I hate this. Like, so bad which I'm not like, I don't have depression. I'm not a, I'm more of a high, like OCD, everything's type A personality. I, I don't get depressed. And I'm, I'm like, I, I couldn't handle this, the amount of sadness that I had. And it probably took three or four days of us talking through that to get over that. And then well, and that, that was what was even more unique is prior to the threesome, it was her supporting me emotionally because I was the one in an emotional bad place and she was helping to bring me up. So we actually have the threesome with, with John. And all of a sudden I'm the one telling her it's okay. We're going to be all right. It's not bad. It's all good. We're going to be okay. You know, and she's having to hear that from me to realize that we, we didn't do a bad thing and we didn't hurt our marriage in any way. And we got to be an okay and decided that uh, we did enjoy it. Uh, it wasn't one thing I have said that um, I hear a lot in the lifestyle is all men saying, I love to see my wife get fucked by another guy. I love to watch that, which was not the case with me. I was, it wasn't a turn off. It just wasn't a turn on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was kind of confused in that moment. Cause I'm like, wait, am I doing this right? Because all these guys are way into watching their wives having sex and I'm not like it. No, that's me. Yeah. And I'm she's like, over here. So hot fucking that woman. Oh my God. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you go have sex with her. Cause I love watching you. So, but is it, um, is it still that way, Pete? Or yes. Um, for oh, the, for you? For the most part, <laughs> for the most part, for me, um, it's hit and miss. Getting better. It 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 depends. Um, if the guy and I have like a really good connection, it seems to be less. That's where I enjoy watching her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found out that I'm much more verbal than visual, so the more I hear that she's enjoying herself the better I'll, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, so it's almost I, like you need to be blindfolded. 
Right, right, maybe. <laughs> yes, um, good plan. That would maybe, that'd probably scare the crap out of me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing what to me? I don't know. We're actually doing a hotel takeover this weekend. We leave tomorrow, so maybe I'll bring it. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. So, so jumping back, you had this threesome, and then in the drop after that, where did you progress? Obviously, now you just mentioned you're going to a hotel takeover. You, you got more into the lifestyle, but how did that progress? So we decided um, mm. after that that we would we would try uh, getting hooking up with another couple, partly because uh, I think my she really enjoyed the threesome. I enjoyed it, but not to that level. And I think it was a lot because I I didn't receive any attention. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted somebody giving me attention. You now have this affirmation that this other guy finds you very attractive and is way into you and wants you. I want that. Like I want to feel that. I want to know what that feels like. So we decided we would try to go on a date and try to um, see how it was with a couple. And so we set up a profile on Cassidy. It was hilarious because we got it all set up and paid for the whole uh year. And about, I don't know, three days into our profile, I get a message back from this couple and they're like, you know, we'd really love to meet you guys. And I get all excited because it's the wife. The wife is uh, very attractive, and I'm like, man, this is great. Let's let's do this. And so she comes in, and I'm like, baby, these people are really into us. Check this out. Like, this is so cool. I'm so excited. And she looks at me and, like, with fear in her eyes and grabs the phone and walks off with it and comes back 10 minutes later and tells me our entire profile has been deleted. <laughs> Gone. Everything is gone. We have no profile anymore. And come to find out. I was a little jealous. Yeah. Somebody was like, oh, my goodness, look how excited he is. Um, No, not doing that. And so then about it took me a couple of weeks to get where I was like, oh, well, this is normal, you idiot. Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Now suck it up and, and let's go. Like. So I created us a new profile, and I'm like, okay, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) So then, I mean, we we started kicking a few people. We set up a first date. We we knew that we did not want to, like, just go meet people and have sex or make out or any of that. We wanted to just kind of dip our toes. Let's have drinks. Let's talk about the lifestyle with some some like-minded people. So we had one or two dates before we went with. I think there was two dates before anything. So the first day we went, we met some, um, this couple We're sitting at this, there's a place here. It's been 77. And, um, it's so funny because we'll say, okay, where do y'all want to meet for drinks? And every couple says been 77. So there's a running joke now that been 77 is a swinger joint Or, or it's becoming one. It is, yeah, it's becoming one. Um, We love our little waitress there. But anyway, so we go there, we meet him, and we're we're chatting, and he finds out the line of work that I'm in. And he says, oh, my God, you should talk to blah, 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 first and last name. They, they're, him and his, him and his, uh, wife is blah, blah, blah. And like, y'all, y'all could maybe do some business together. 
And that, that like he was insinuating that that couple was in the lifestyle. No, he said that they were in the lifestyle. And, and just uh, dropped their first and last names. Yes. Right there. And so I'm like, well, kind of actually he's, he and the, the couple are good friends of mine. Right. And I'm like, uh, I don't know those people. Never heard of them. Oh, the couple um, he, he name dropped yeah, was already friends, friends of yours. Of mine. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and so. And so I imagine for you, that was a huge, like, well, is is it always just a huge violation of privacy every time you well, meet somebody? Well, we kind of knew the rule, because we had been, we had been, I mean, we were listening. Our first podcast was... Um, we got a thing. No, Swinger Diaries. Swinger Diaries. Well, that's what you listened to first, was you Swinger Diaries. You did, too. <laughs> no, I'll oh, listen anyway, to I love Pitta Page. Like, they're somewhat... Oh, anyway, so... We kind of knew the basic rules, like you right. don't say names, yeah, you don't talk exactly. about work, you don't talk about kids, like all the stuff you talk about with your normal friends, you don't talk about with your LS friends. Well, and what do you see on every profile? Discretion, discretion, discretion. discretion. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom, and I'm texting my girlfriend. I'm like, oh my god, he just said y'all's names, like, what, and. So did you know your did you know your friends were in the lifestyle before this? Yes. Oh, you yes. did know. Okay. Yeah. But um, like he didn't know us. He didn't know. So right. like that's kind of my thing. I think I called them Keith and Stacy in the blog. But yeah, that's that was the you don't name drop on a date. So I'm like, okay, that'll be the last thing with them, you know. And then we have our I, don't know, I guess a second or third date. We go have dinner and drinks and. This couple, we just hit it off like yeah. crazy. And I've never been with a girl. But I, like, I'm like, oh, girls are so pretty. Like, you know, so maybe, I don't know. I have to kind of try it and see if I like it. Well, she is very, she's very bi. And um, they had just got a brand new car, brand new Jeep. And we <laughs> were leaving the restaurant and we're all pretty loaded except for when well, everybody's been flirting and just gentle touching and whatever. And we're on the road all she ends like up in my lap 10 seconds and she undoes her seatbelt and climbs, climbs over on the Sarah's so lap like making out the whole way home and longest drive ever. <laughs> so that was kind of our second date. And I mean, it's just kind of rolled from there. And so were you able to get beyond the jealousy or has it, has it resurfaced? It's, uh, for, for both of us, I guess either one of us could answer that, but, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've had more of an issue with it. Um, starting off, um, I had, uh, I wasn't egotistical, but I had a pretty good level of self-confidence prior, uh, to the affair. And it, it pretty much eliminated all of it mm-hmm. when that happened It started making me question, you know, if I was good enough and, you know, the common thing among men, because we all use the wrong measuring stick, but it's, you know, well, is, does she want something bigger? Does she want a guy that's more fit? Does she want a guy that's got more money? Can we ever make them understand that doesn't matter? No, right. we can't. No, doesn't matter how many times we say, you know, there is a certain point where it's not going to fit. So the bigger's not better. Like, hello. <laughs> so yep. I think that... Um, I totally lost that. It's gone. It's fine. Whole train of thought. It this happens. It um, it's okay. Happens okay. to us too. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> no. Um, so no, it's no, an important so point there. It just it's just vacated. I've I've had some issues with it um, early on, um, but it's it's pretty much gone now. Oh, it's not really something that's that's a concern now. I mean, the only thing that I don't like now is when I look at a profile. 
and I'm trying to figure out if this is a guy that she might be into that she thinks is attractive because I do all the vetting. So I look at it and I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty hot. She'll like this. And I'm like, hey, baby. And I'll show it. She's like, mm, nah. Yeah, I've never experienced that. I don't have a type. <laughs> I don't understand. So it's, I don't it's have a type either, like, I don't think. You know, some girls are like, I mean, they're all this height and this, you know, bald, mustache, beard, whatever. And I'm like, it's really just if I can see myself kissing them, then I'm good. And some people I just, most people I have to meet, but there are some people I'm like, mm, but no, what I was going to say about the whole affair is, um, you know, it wasn't about what he was lacking. And that's one thing that I think he still hasn't wrapped his head around is that I didn't go try to find somebody else because there was something missing from him. I went because there was something missing from me and, and our relationship, but it wasn't him. Like everything with him is great. It's that there was no more romance or fire or passion. It was, you know, everyday life and everyday life will kill your marriage. And, um, and then it was me not having, just not being able to kind of go see what's out there and feeling very trapped in my own life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an employee and I am just stuck. And that was not, anywhere that I wanted to be. So, um, well, now that she says that, that was one of the things that she got to, which I thought was a, a huge for someone individually to come to this revelation is very big to realize that, uh, you're in a marriage because you choose to be, mm -hmm. you're not in the marriage because the paper says you are, and the ring says you are, you're in a marriage because you choose your spouse every day. You choose to be in that relationship. And um, when this whole thing ended and she had that month to, to kind of think about it and get to a good point, I think that's what she realized was that this was exactly where she wanted to be. She wanted to be with me in this marriage together. And she didn't want anything else. She just wanted a little bit more fun, you know, to go out and enjoy ourselves, but to do it together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, I guess, to bring it full circle. That's where we are today is we just go out with couples. Um, we haven't had a threesome since then. We always go out with couples and it's always same room. So we always play uh, couples, same room, and our preference is like more of an, an orgy style, not like you and him on this bed and me and her on this bed, but kind of like all, everybody together. Yeah. Everybody, everybody <laughs> yeah. close, hands everywhere, you know, kind That's of thing. So, yeah. No, I think it's, it's awesome. And I think as I tried to say not so eloquently at the beginning, like <laughs> the the way that you two came into it and then navigated it and troubleshot all the, at least some of the issues that you've confronted and then to wind up where you are, you know, I mean, from start to finish of like a fair beginning till today was less than a year. Right. Mm -hmm. Or Yeah. So from the, the time that she started seeing him to the threesome was almost a year. Okay. No. That, that whole time frame, because the from the reveal 
to the threesome was like six, almost seven months. Okay. That that happened. And, um, and it's been, it's been a full year since then. Five months months. from reveal to threesome was five months. So, so you're, you're roughly two years into it. Mm -hmm. All all stole. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, I think that's amazing, right? That, that you were able to overcome these things and they didn't, they didn't destroy your marriage or they've made it stronger. They've spiced up your sex life. You can squirt. I mean, <laughs> all these things. Well, <laughs> well that's, that came wait, from let me call that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, you know, people forget that your whole entire life is a choice. You, you make choices and sometimes your hand may be a little forced, but you still have a choice in even the worst situations with marriage. It is, it, it is, I'm, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to choose to love and like my spouse, even though some days I'm going to stab him in the eye. You know, you, we just, we choose to focus on the fact that we love each other so much and not the bullshit that we've been through. And mm-hmm. I think that's. What well, and it. you've, you've got to learn from your mistakes and learn from your past and not live in your past. Right. Yeah. You, you can't let that define your future. You just have to learn from it and make a better future. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's very well said. And I, and I was actually just going to propose that, I mean, that like leaving it there for this segment and maybe because I know you have a time commitment and I think we could probably pull a lot more awesome information out of you. And maybe we, maybe we do it again for a future one, because I think, oh, yeah. I think there's a lot more to the story and I think we covered an awesome piece of it, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, Wait, I have one more quick question. Yeah, go. Do you still do tub time now? Yes, yes. we do. Every night. <laughs> um, well, awesome. most of the time. Um, every once in a while we have to skip, but most yeah. of the time, yes. Probably six nights a week we have tub time. It, it's not always as long. And sometimes it's not, like, sometimes we get in there and we talk about, I mean, we have, you know, anybody with an ex-wife and an ex-husband can relate <laughs> to, uh, you know. Just life stuff. Yeah. It's, so not, it's not it's always not always lifestyle, sex stuff. Nice it's, stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, you did this today and I didn't feel good about it. It didn't make me happy. And, or you said this to, to them and this is how I took it. And so it, it still is exactly what it was meant to be. And most of the time it is all nice and fun and a way to just kind of wind down from the day and, Reconnect. you know, get for bed and yes. Yeah. But no, we, we absolutely still do it and, um, and love it. And I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's rare to say that something devastating, um, was instrumental in creating a better future. Um, but that was definitely the case for us. Um, you know, going through all of the hurt and the pain that both of us went through, uh, through all of that, uh, brought us out on the other side. And it wasn't, everybody that's in the lifestyle says they communicate better and it makes their marriage stronger, but ours really got better before we started. Mm -hmm. And this simply improved it because I wouldn't want anybody to think if you've had an affair, this is how you fix it. Um, that's, that's that's not the case. You, you have to be in a, in a secure marital place. You have to be dedicated to your spouse and know that that's where you want to be forever and ever before you try to include someone else. Just as a side note, we've gone on dates with people that were not like, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm sitting across from you and you're not even looking at your wife and you won't talk to her, you're just focusing on me. I'm out. Like, so we like to play with people that are not 
fully invested in each other. Right. right. You want to pull us in, be all over your spouse. Yes. We love We that. think that's so hot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I want to see y'all kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think, too, and... You, uh, you do not do PDA. Excuse me, I'm doing an interview. Here. I know. <laughs> um, I, I think the point that you made really early on, which was it never even crossed your mind that, that the affair was the end. I think that says a lot about where your marriage was and at the start, and I think that's really telling. So I, I liked that a lot. Thank you. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for just opening up and sharing your whole story with us. I think that the listeners will hopefully find it very useful and something to relate to. Well, thank you so much for having us on. We felt honored when y'all asked. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're honored anyone comes on the show anyway. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Y'all's a great show. I love it because there's like this, it's always different. Like it's a big variety. The people you interview are all different. The stories are all different. So I love it. Thank you. Well, Well, that's the whole point. (laughs) Well. Until next time, yeah, which will happen, we will talk soon. Yeah, thank you. All right, right. have a great day. Thank you. Bye. We're back really quick. There's a short addendum to this interview. Yeah, remember when we told you that Pete sounded like a dick? Well, I said that. Sorry, Pete. I don't know why I keep saying it. <laughs> I know you, you keep repeating it. It's I don't not know. true. We just we just wanted to give uh, a few minutes to them to mainly to Pete to clear up sort of where they are in a little more detail. So let's hear what they have to say. Sorry, I called you a dick, Pete. Let's go. <laughs> you talked about like tracking her phone and checking all her messages and all these things. And then when you got together and you talked with uh, John about it. Like you were, Pete, you were the one who was going to like control the whole situation and whatever you said goes, blah, blah, blah. But I guess wanted to get like the clarification that, that Sarah had also her own agency and buy-in to that as well. That it wasn't, you weren't necessarily directing like like, her consent. Oh, like I was okay with whatever. Right. Yeah. You, you weren't consenting on her behalf, I guess. No. So. This is what we had talked previously, like before, um, before that night. Cause he had already said like, yeah, so I guess he was consenting for me, but not, um, no, it was what you said was everything like what you say goes and John was going to follow those orders. So he hadn't promised like anything. So then when we talked about it, he was like, what is your limit? And I'm like, my limit is your limit. So like, I know that I'm okay to go all the way, but I don't want you to think that I want to go all the way. Like I'm, I want to do whatever you're comfortable with. And we kind of apply that rule now mm-hmm. to, um, like other couples. So like if we're with a soft swap couple, soft swap couple, then we're soft swap that night or mm-hmm. like whatever. So my, my limit was no limit whatever your limit is, if that makes sense. It's late, so she's going to ramble a bit. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. Um, that's our fault. And today work was a shit show. Um, oh. No, we we had had, um, the, when the conversation first started off in the tub about her fantasy, we had had conversation then about what that would look like and what it could be like. She made it very clear that she was perfectly fine to do the full extent of everything. Okay. But she was only willing 
to do it as long as I was comfortable and I was okay with whatever, which is why when we got to that point and it was whatever I say goes, she was perfectly fine with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes... Do you think you can work that? Do you think you can... Yeah, other than you said her name. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, God damn you it. To, you want me to say it all over again without her? <laughs> got, a little, got a little editing magic. No, I'll make it work. I've done, I've done more it. magic than that. That was, that was the main piece, because I could just hear... Oh, my God, yes. Like, he was doing this all, and, and you had no say in it. Right. Right. Oh my God! Yeah. Are they like an 1800s couple? Right. Yeah. Does she wear yeah. a bonnet? Right. right. And, and they, no, it oh. was very much a. Um, They've just I, never met me. her idea, and then well, and that's I don't remember if we really talked about it much, but that was one of the big things with all of it was that she was able to make that um, love and sex together separation way early in her transition period than I was. Mm-hmm. So oh, I by, the, by, by the time her it and I, no by the time she even that. told me about the fantasy, she was already there. Whereas I was, I was still trying to navigate through everything. Right. And mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And it, we just, we just wanted to get clarification. So anybody listening that that picked up on that and was thinking, this guy's an asshole, we wanted to clarify that you might be, but not because of those reasons. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> See, it's those it's those kind of comments that are missing from this show. <laughs> so, well, there it is. Well, the the other one I wanted to bring up was, and and along those same lines, is that, and and maybe I. I'm wrong here, but you don't necessarily still feel the need to like track her every movement and go through her phone every day. Those that was early on in the like getting over that was part of the healing process. And it is, I don't think he was there when the MFM happened. Like if I remember right, you would, I mean like you might look every once in a while, but it wasn't like the obsession. I think you would pretty much, no, it, yeah, that. I mean, by the time we got to actually having the MFM, that was already, that was six months down the road, and I had stopped checking phone records months before that. Sure. And um, even the tracking app, we laugh about it now because our freaking kids. I only, I only look at it mother. now whenever I'm like, well, I'm just wanting to know if she's almost home. Like, is she almost home yet? Oh, and or... that's how our um, our adult child busted us because we were at Colette's and she Googled the address because but we didn't turn off our location. For some unknown reason, her phone dings every time I leave work, if I go to the gym. I tried to like... shut that off. It will not shut off. It's possessed. So here we are years later. She's still tracking my every <laughs> Well, I'm glad that the I'm glad the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah, thank you for coming back on and clearing that up. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> Late well, at night for all of us. Yeah, on work night. But, but we had to we had to get that out there because we knew we knew it had gotten better, and we we wanted to make sure that yeah. you were able to tell everyone yourselves. Yep. So. 
Okay. Pete is such a nice guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I but, can't believe anyone would call him a dick. I know. You, you, you keep doing that. <laughs> anyway. They're both, Sarah and Pete, are wonderful people. They are. Yeah, they're amazing people. And thank you to them for, for coming on, giving us the opportunity to share their story uh, with our community and for helping anybody else who, who might be going through a similar situation. It wasn't an easy one. And we just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to talk about it. Yes. Yes, of course. And I'm really sorry my wife thinks you're a dick. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> never, ever said that. So next week, do we need to... You got. You didn't write any notes down. <laughs> we didn't write any notes down. She's stumped because she doesn't have notes. But no, luckily, no, I'm here to save I the remember. day. I remember. We have a. We don't. Really... No, we, we don't tell them all of the secrets. Let's just say. I'm just a, gonna say we have a big week next week. It's a big week. Not like if you're a birder and you go out for a big week and you try to see as many birds. That's a big day. Well, but there's also a big year. Probably a okay. big week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. But we're not birders. This is a podcast. It is. <laughs> not about birds. <laughs> Although. Anyway. Although what? So next <laughs> week. Talk about my dad. <laughs> next week, we will see you on Monday for a return guest special episode. Yes. We have a previous guest that have another update, and we're really excited to share it with you. That'll be on a Monday episode. That will be Sean and Jess from episode 34. Yes. So go back if you haven't and listen to episode 34. We normally wouldn't say that. Like, you, you're usually fine listening to these in any order, but it's going to be good for you and for you to go back and listen. <laughs> Have a little context <laughs> for this one. So, you'll still be welcome, but it will make more sense. Yes. And then we'll see you on Wednesday and, you know, maybe again. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Anyway, thank you for everyone, to everyone, for your support. Thank you to Pete and Sarah. Thank you to anybody who decides to be a patron. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, That'd throwing cool. it out there. I don't know. We got to try somewhere. And uh, let's go have a big week. <laughs> See some birds. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>